Dear friends, as Jesus' final steps led him to the temple, consider how different the temple and worship life there was compared to church. You see, the temple was open seven days a week, and there was always worship and praise going on. And it was much more than just a single building. In Jesus' day, the temple, or the temple mount, encompassed about 37 acres. It was a campus that was walled off. And within all of those walls, there were all different sections that were for different people and different purposes. The first gate that you would enter to enter into the temple courts was to enter into the court of the Gentiles. And virtually everyone was allowed in this outer courtyard of the temple. This is where, in the lesson that we're going to hear, is where the money changers were and where they were selling the animals. That was all out in the court of the Gentiles. But then as you passed through the beautiful gate, you would enter into the court of the women. This is where much of the teaching was done. There were various rooms and sections and balconies where the rabbis would teach. This is most likely where Jesus did a lot of his teaching when he was at the temple. This was only for the Jews, both men and women. Then there was the inner court, which after you passed through the gate of Nicanor, you could go up those steps if you were ceremonially clean. Both men and women were able to go up the steps, but then only the men were allowed to take the sacrifice to the priest to be burned up on the altar. From there, what was left was the temple building itself. Normal Jews never got to go inside. The only people that entered the temple were the priests. And they went inside the temple every day for the incense offering. And then there was the Holy of Holies, which, again, was divided by a curtain. And the high priest would enter that part only once a year. It is very different than our worship experience. During the festive days, it was crowded and packed. The, the whole campus was. Every day you could go there and see something happening. And the one thing that probably would strike us the most would be the blood. All of the blood. All of those sacrifices draining and dripping off the altar. And then the smell. The smell of that burning sacrifice. It is suggested that, that smoke coming off the Temple Mount would often go even and fill into the streets of Jerusalem with that smell. This is the temple that Jesus entered on Holy Week. He made his first appearance there just quickly, Palm Sunday evening, and we pick it up in our text with him coming there Monday morning. Matthew chapter 21. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all those who were selling and buying in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. He said to them, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. 
the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the experts in the law saw the wonders he performed and heard the children calling out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. They said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? Yes, Jesus told them. Have you never read from the lips of little children and nursing babies you have prepared praise? He left them, went out of the city to Bethany, and spent the night there. This is the word of our Lord. Besides all the sights and sounds uh, approaching the temple, there would be emotions going there as well. Consider the emotions that Jesus would have experienced going up to the temple. Maybe thinking of the first time he went to the temple, when he was just a boy, 12 years old. So excited to join the family, to finally be invited to go to the temple. Special festival, the excitement, the joy. He describes being in his father's house. What an opportunity that was, even so much so that he stayed behind, even as his family traveled back. The love that he had for that temple. The next time we hear Jesus entering the temple is when he's 30. In the Gospel of John, he enters the temple with a different set of emotions, with anger and rage, Because he entered that temple grounds and they were selling things in money changers at the beginning of his ministry. He drove them out, overturned the tables, cleansed the temple to start his ministry. Three years later, he returns filled with the same anger and rage because they just put everything back. Money changers were there. The shops were there. The animal sellers We're all back in that outer court, not just exchanging money, not just selling things, but clearly abusing it. If you came to the temple, you had to pay a tax. And to pay that tax, you had to exchange your money for the temple coin. And it is said that not only was it just an exchange of money, but it was, well, it was profitable for those money changers. They were gouging the people when they, the exchange rate there at the temple. Then, if that wasn't enough, they were selling animals outside. And this was also controlled by the priests and the Levites. And if you brought your own animal from home, they could say it wasn't worthy of sacrifice, and then you would have to go buy one of theirs. And you can imagine, location is everything. And so they gouged the people and overcharged them for animals there. And so there was dishonesty and greed. And obviously, if you've got all of this going on at the temple campus there, it's a huge distraction to what the temple was meant for, to be a place of worship. And so Jesus, rightly so, flipped over the tables, drove out the animals, cleansed the temple from all of this greed and distraction for worship. Now, I know when you came in this evening, you you didn't change your money in the back there. You, You didn't have to worry about buying any animals. 
But you probably came with distractions. Full day of work. All sorts of things spinning around your mind. And here you are, sitting down at night. And those things are still on your mind. Distractions. Tired. Exhausted. Right? All of those things take away from your worship. And so we need a a cleansing of our mind as well. Or maybe you noted as you walked by the plate there, as you thought about your offering, or maybe didn't, right? Because greed has a hold on our checkbooks and on our wallets, where we'd prefer to keep it for ourselves rather than give it to the Lord. We have greed. There's corruption. Right? There's distraction. All of those things, we need a cleansing too. We need to see what Jesus did here. And again, take notes. Take it to heart that this is a house of prayer. This is his Father's house. And as we gather here, right, to cleanse our hearts, to prepare ourselves for worship, to do away with sin. Clearly, Christ is the answer. Right? He is the sacrifice. He is the forgiver of those sins. He is the one that heals us. And that's what takes place right after the cleansing. Right? That's the next verse. After he drives everyone out, it says the sick and the blind and the lame came to him and he healed them. It may seem like just a a short, insignificant verse, but it's a big deal. People's lives were changed. They were healed. Now again, I I know you didn't expect to, to get a healing for whatever your illness or sickness is when you walked in the door. Right? But God's house is a place of healing. That's what we are here for, to be healed of our sins, right? To receive the, the forgiveness of sins that Christ has won for us. It was no different at the temple. God's house then was a a place of healing as well. The Israelites went there to make those sacrifices, to receive that forgiveness of sins, to be healed by God. A place of rest and healing. Jesus made it that. And so God's house of worship remains that. As we gather, we receive that forgiveness of sins. We confess them before the Lord. And then you hear, every time you're here, your sins are forgiven by the blood of Christ, paid for. You are healed. But both the driving out of the money changers and the animals and the healing, it says made the Pharisees and the the Jewish leaders, it made them indignant. Add to that, You've got the children continuing on from the day before. right? Just as they had been praising Jesus on Palm Sunday, they keep saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Right? The Jewish leaders didn't like that at all. They didn't like these praises going to God, going to Christ. It angered them what Jesus was doing. But Jesus points out that was proper. It was fitting to be in the house of the Lord and to give praise and glory to God. That continues to be a reason we gather in God's house too. Right? To give praise and honor to our God. 
That's what we do in our, in our songs. When we, again, speak the Psalms, we honor our God, we, we praise him for what he has done. Jesus reminded them that that's what this house was for. And isn't it great? He talks about the little children, the nursing babies, the youngest of young. Give glory and praise to God. When they came to that house of worship, as they continued to come to God's house for worship, what a joyous, uh, again, event it is every time we gather to praise our God for what he has done. Right, Jesus' final steps led him to his father's house. It was a house that needed cleansing. It was his father's house for healing. It was a house, the temple of the Lord, for praise. As we come into God's house, we still have those same things. We still receive that that healing from God. We still need to cleanse our hearts. And we still give him praise. Right, that praise is is simply but a, a foretaste of what we look forward to. Right, a little taste of heaven where we'll be praising God forever and ever. As we follow Jesus on his final steps, may we again enjoy, look forward to coming into his Father's house to praise and worship Christ. Amen.